Welcome to Midlife Confidence, where it's all about women living a fulfilling life as they move beyond 40, 50, and 60. I'm Vonna Davis, a certified life coach with 20 years of my own midlife journey behind me, and just like you, my best decade still ahead. I'll take you inside real life coaching with a guest client so you can see for yourself how a beautiful life starts with a beautiful mind. What are some of the things you're trying to make decisions on right now? I'm sure you have some going on. Decision confusion is something most of us can relate to. I know I'm not alone in this. Nearly everyone has felt the fear of making a mistake, making the wrong choice. The essential problem is being afraid that you'll feel regret, embarrassment, or disappointment later on down the line. Thoughts like that can make it difficult to commit to a choice. That's why today I'm sharing five strategies that will help you get out of decision, regret, and on with making choices that move you on your way. Being able to make decisions quickly and confidently is one of the most rewarding effects of learning to manage our mind. It's definitely been a skill I've become better at. When you find yourself unable to make a decision, you can really feel trapped and disempowered. Do you want to stop feeling stuck? One thing that helps is to start thinking of a decision as a key that unlocks doors. Every door has new opportunities behind it. So with just one key, a choice, you'll have opened up an entire world full of possibilities waiting on the other side. This is our second episode where Chris and I were coaching on getting her home all organized and lovely. And I want to thank Chris for being the test client for this new format in the podcast of inviting guest clients on for some real life coaching. We've learned a lot in these first few episodes about how to do this, and it's going to get smoother, shall I say, with more practice. But I appreciate my guests for being brave enough to let me share this coaching. The way it works is I'm offering three free coaching sessions to my podcast guests, and then we use parts of that coaching for three episodes. And this is open to women over 40. So if you think you might be interested in being part of this, just get in touch with me. We can coach about anything that's creating a problem for you or any goal you want to make progress on. And you'll be helping lots of other people too, because we learn so much from each other, because we all have human brains that operate in pretty similar ways. In last week's episode, which was episode 48, we hear the beginning of Chris's story and all about the emotions keeping her stuck for years in what she feels like is a messy house. She wants a home that is welcoming to have people over, that's organized so she can get to work without having to clean up first. And that reflects who she is and what she loves. She decided to start by fixing up her dining room. Up until now, she hasn't been able to decide what to do about the flooring, what color to paint the walls, what drapes to buy, and what artwork she wants on the wall. You're so afraid to make a mistake. So let's dive in a little bit of why. Do you think that you should be perfect and always make the right decision? I guess so. I always feel like as though this is the last thing, you know, this is such a big deal and really almost nothing is. I mean, there are decisions that are super big deals for sure. You know, your health and things like that. But um, 
This is so important. Yeah. I, I let it blow up too much. Mm-hmm. I remember my aunt, my aunt Carmen used to say she was a, a recruiter and she would always tell her clients, well, if you take that job out in LA or whatever, and you don't like it, guess what? Come back. You're not stuck there. Right. <laughs> you yeah. Just take a chance. You know, nothing's permanent. And so right. I guess that applies yeah. to this kind of a situation. <laughs> So Chris and I were talking about focusing on the next decision she needs to make to get this dining room project moving. Along the way, we uncovered a very deep, limiting belief about herself. Listen in and notice what that is. What have you tried so far to get things done, this this project done? Okay. So I've been trying to find, I've been shopping for a large piece of art. I have a really big wall. Okay. I do have a sideboard piece of furniture, but it's still a really big wall. So I need some art. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to shop for some art. And then I figured, well, that can be my inspiration. And then I'll choose the wall behind it to go with art. This dining room project can be not just a dining room project. It can be a decision making project. And that's going to stay with you way beyond fixing the dining room, right? Oh, Absolutely. I always wanted to be several things. And one of them was decisive. Oh, really? Awesome. Some people, they're, they're naturally decisive, right? Uh-huh. And I'm the opposite of a decisive person. What do you think decisive people do differently than you? I think to some extent, they can see the end from the beginning more hmm. than I can. It's like I look forward and it's kind of foggy. And I think some people can just see through that and they see a vision of what it needs to be or what needs to happen. At least that's how I perceive my issue is. Okay. So Chris has had this belief for her whole life that she's the opposite of a decisive person, that she's indecisive. Our identity, what we think about ourselves, is so deeply connected with the actions that we take and the results that we get in our lives. We don't just want Chris to get her home project finished. We want her to use it as a practice to change her self-concept so that she's able to make confident decisions in all areas of her life from now on. As she makes decisions and takes action on this dining room, these small wins will build evidence for her new identity that she wants, as long as she takes time to notice and honor them. Every decision she makes is a vote for her new identity as a decisive person. I suggested that Chris start thinking about her own way of making decisions as just as unique and just as valid as everyone else's process, even though it may not look identical to theirs. What would be the next thing that can be done in there to get something going? Okay, I think the next thing that could be done... Maybe art needs to come first. Maybe I should choose a painting for the big wall above my buffet. Okay. So even saying I'm going to pick the art is a bigger thing. We're going to really focus on a micro decision. What is the very next tiny action you need to take to pick some art? I think that's going to have to be measure how big it needs to be. 
meaning it needs to fit above my piece of furniture there. Okay. And so I need to go measure what sizes would be appropriate so I know what I'm looking for. Okay. So that's it. That's all you have to do this week. You're going to measure the space. I know you want to be organized. So where are you going to put all of the information about your dining room as you plan this? Yes, I'm going to put it in my OneNote notebook. Okay. So you're going to measure the space and put the dimensions in OneNote. And that's your micro action. And when you do that, you can't go wrong with that, right? I can't, you can't, I can't do that wrong. wrong. <laughs> there can be no failure. There can be no regret on this one. <laughs> right? That's true. Okay. Yes. So that's all you have to do. And this is how things get done is like, what's the tiny next step? So that is strategy number one for managing decision confusion and the fear of regret. And that is to make micro decisions and take micro actions, reduce them to a manageable size. A micro decision is the smallest choice we can decide on next. For example, let's think about a decision like where to go on your next vacation. For me personally, this is something I get stuck on often. There's so many parts to plan a vacation. There's so many options. It costs time and money. And I'm always concerned that I'll regret my choice if it doesn't go well. So I've noticed that when I write down on my to-do list a task to plan a vacation, I will put it off and put it off and then we don't go anywhere or we take the path of least resistance and we go to all the family reunions and weddings and we call that a vacation. And it's because that task is too big for me to get my mind to focus on it. Instead, I know I need to break it down into one micro decision at a time. This summer, I just started with one little decision and I set aside a week this summer for a vacation. I didn't think about where, I just looked at my calendar and chose a week that wasn't busy and I blocked it off before it got filled with appointments. That one micro decision of choosing the time felt great. It was the key that opened the door to other possibilities. And one by one, we've made more micro decisions. We decided that it would need to be somewhere within driving distance because my husband doesn't want to fly with a mask. And we decided we wanted it to be outdoors because we want to kayak and bike and hike. And then we decided to look at Airbnbs near a place Mike has wanted to visit for a while because a friend suggested it. So one small decision after another, and now we have a quiet week of hiking, kayaking, and reading in hammocks planned in McCall, Idaho. So micro decisions build movement, momentum, and motivation. You can make it a game to see how small you can break down your next decision, the tiniest next step. Baby steps still get things done. So strategy number two is to decide you're not going to regret your decision. We worry so much that we'll regret our choices later, but regret doesn't just happen to us from out of nowhere. It comes from the thoughts we have about our decision, and good news, we're in control of our thoughts. I'm in charge of whether or not I regret our decision to go to McCall for vacation. Did you know this is available to you? You can own your decision and decide you're not going to regret it. And then if you start to second guess a decision later, you can just not let your mind go there and just tell yourself, relax mind, we already decided this is the right choice. So stop trying to stir up trouble. <laughs> 
Chris can decide ahead of time that she's going to never regret the color of her drapes, the type of flooring, or the artwork she puts in the dining room. Wouldn't that feel amazing to know for sure that you're not going to be disappointed in your choices? And just so you know, I've already decided I'm not going to regret going to McCall this summer. Strategy number three is to give yourself permission to make a mistake. Can we just stop the illusion that we should always be able to make the most optimal decisions? We're here to learn through experience, and that requires the risk of agency. Sometimes learning firsthand what doesn't work, what we don't like, and what we never want to do again. Truly, to experience agency is why we came to Earth, and it's what changes us completely. The problem is what we make it mean about ourselves if we make a mistake. For some reason, we think we should have known better, which is ridiculous. It's like we think we should be able to pass the test without ever taking the class. So remembering we're doing just exactly what we're supposed to be doing when we make a decision and we learn from it can de-escalate that self-judgment. And yes, I agree, this might seem like the opposite of strategy number two, which was deciding to never regret your decision. But just trust your mind. Our minds are amazing and they can hold divergent ideas. So choose a strategy that suits the situation. Well, Chris might not love the color of her drapes and yet not get down on herself for choosing them. And I might go to McCall and not like the Airbnb we booked and yet not feel like I should have done better. Permission endlessly granted to participate fully in the human experience by making mistakes. Strategy number four is to diminish the fear of regret. We're often so afraid to make decisions because we're terrified to feel regret. We desperately don't want to feel it. And yet it's just an emotion. It's just some sensations in your body and some thoughts in your head. You can totally learn how to handle regret both physically and mentally. It doesn't have to overpower you. It can come and go and you can be fine. I often teach clients how to process their emotions like a summer storm comes, it just pours all the rain, thunder and lightning, and then it clears out. When we're not so afraid of regret anymore, we can make decisions much easier, right? Now let's listen to more of my conversation with Chris and see if you can hear what strategy number five is. So many of the things that you're looking at, like when you looked at cars, Mm -hmm. there were some that you didn't even consider, right? That's true. Why didn't you consider? What were some you didn't? You just like, they were off your list and why? Well, like for instance, I had been driving a Suburban and it was just killing me at the gas pump. So... (laughs) I didn't consider anything, you know, that was a V8, for instance, (laughs) that took so much fuel. So some things were not even considered, yes. Right. So that's true about all the decisions that we make. There's a lot of things out there that we know are the wrong choice. And we have a good reason for it. And it's easy to kick them off our list. But realizing that we can trust ourselves to not make the wrong decision because we clearly see the ones that are wrong, right? Mm -hmm. So what you're actually deciding between is a lot of good options. Good point. So just trusting yourself, like, of course, I'm not going to choose the wrong thing. That's easy for me. And then I can choose between all these other good things and that none of them are wrong. 
for example, we talked about drapes in your dining room, right? That maybe you'd pick the wrong color. Yeah. But what color would you never put in there? Oh, I'd never put black. Yeah, see? You already know what the wrong decisions would be, right? Okay, that is a really relevant point. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good point. I really needed that one. Uh, So there might be five really beautiful colors that would look great in there. And Mm -hmm. you know which ones are really not going to work. So there you go. Yes, okay. That is true. That is exactly true. Strategy number five is to realize the wrong decisions are obvious and trust yourself that you won't choose those. You're really choosing between good options. So remember that you've already eliminated all the wrong choices. You're not even considering them. You know you won't choose those. That means you can't make a wrong choice. Chris knows she's not going to put up black drapes and there are lots of other colors that would work well. None of these other colors would be a wrong choice. So let's review these five strategies for making confident decisions. Number one, make micro decisions. Number two, decide you're not going to regret a decision. Number three, give yourself permission to make mistakes. Number four, diminish the fear of feeling regret. And number five, trust that you won't make a wrong decision because the wrong decisions are obvious. You're just choosing from good options. If you want to keep track of those strategies, I shared a post on my Instagram account with these, and you can save it for reference by clicking that bookmark icon below it. My Instagram account is at Vana Davis. I also did an episode a while ago on the subject. It's episode 33, Decision Confusion in Midlife. That could help you if you really want to make some progress on this. I'm sure you've discovered some great processes that help you make decisions too. By the time we get to midlife, we've had lots of experience with making decisions. What have been your hardest decisions and what has worked for you? I'd love to hear about them. How do we get more confident making decisions? It's a skill, just like if you practice the piano every day, you get really good at it. And when you practice making quicker, less drama-laced decisions, you get really good at it. With these five strategies for mindfully managing decision-making stress, you can get more comfortable with it for sure. And here's a bonus strategy. Remember, there's no perfect decision, not in this life. So release yourself from the tyranny of obsessing and overthinking your decisions. Freedom and power come through confident decisions. We call it free agency, and it's a divine gift. Now let's go make some decisions and make good things happen. Be peaceful, be powerful, and love your radiant heart. Midlife can be full of new opportunities, new life circumstances, and therefore lots of new decisions to make. It's the perfect time to understand your decision-making process and how it's impacting your life now. My 16 and 6 coaching program is designed just for people in midlife who are ready to experience the fulfilling life they want in this next stage. Because a beautiful life starts with a beautiful mind. I'd love to talk to you about your life and how coaching can be just what you need now. That intro call is always free. 
And also, if you'd like to be considered to be a guest client on the podcast and get three free coaching sessions, let me know. You can email me at vana at midlifeconfidencecoach.com or message me on social media. All that's in the show notes. Take care until next time.